Episode 4 Candle Store A bright, flickering flame bending to the slightest wind, projecting a safe, warm glow in the cold, barren darkness. Pools of melting wax, a burning wick, the faint scent of flowers in the air. Ah, scented candles. I loved watching the flame burn and the wax melt. Would I love candles the same after almost suffering a painful death from them? Perhaps. Who knows? When you live in this town, you learn that nothing really matters, and death from a scented candle isn't any different. Nothing matters. Except for the fact that you are living in this town at all. In this small, sleepy town of Silver Hollow. do I have a story for you. It's sure to make your day, if not make you deeply question everything in the world and send you into a downward spiral. If you just listen, it'll all become clear. Sort of. It's about that candle. The scented candle. The one that was supposed to be your parting gift. The one that you didn't light. The one that Hannah brought with her when she first came to Silver Hollow. You know how I said that it smells like purple lavender? It does not. See, today Hannah was leaving her dorm building, right? And just as she reached the bus stop, she remembered that she forgot to blow out that scented candle. Since she couldn't be late for her bus, she asked if I could run back and put it out for her, because, like any decent person, she didn't want to burn the place down. So I went to her dorm, and her window was open, but I wasn't too worried about that, because there aren't a lot of thieves in Silver Hollow, and anyway, there wasn't anything interesting to steal, except for maybe the fancy souvenir ballpoint pen or the Charlie Brown bobblehead. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. Anyway, before I blew out the candle, after sneaking through the window, I realized that the candle no longer smelled like lavender, but that it had a whole different smell from what I recognized last time. It smelled like jasmine. I blew the candle out, then later that day, I asked Hannah about it. Hannah told me that the candle didn't smell like jasmine to her this morning, that it actually smelled like cherry blossom. So that was kind of weird. We did a quick experiment. At her dorm room, we lit and relit the scented candle multiple times. We figured out the scent changes every time you light it. The scents that we have discovered so far are laundry, peppermint, cinnamon maple, fresh brewed coffee, orange sherbet, lemon, vanilla, chocolate, midnight fog, ice water, and pine tree. It was fun smelling the different scents and identifying them, but spending an hour doing so really flared up Hannah's allergies. But even after long minutes of pondering thoughtfully and running more experiments, we couldn't figure out why the scents changed so much and how they changed so much. To figure out the reason behind the changing smells of the scented candle, I decided that I would visit the very store it came from, Mary's Steakhouse. Don't be deceived by the name. I assure you, it is a candle store. They sell nothing but candles. 
So today, I went out to Mary's Steakhouse slash candle store to discover their secret. The walk was long and the night was cold, but I managed. When I went inside, I discovered three things. One, that despite the building's small appearance from the outside, they were actually what could have been hundreds of thousands of aisles filled with candles inside. Two, that there were no fluorescent ceiling lights or any electricity at all, and that the only light provided was the ominous glow of candlelight. And three, that the manager was an old, tired man whose name was not Mary, but Jeremiah, and he wore a fisherman's outfit. A fisherman in a candle store called a steakhouse. Great. Not confusing at all. I asked Jeremiah about the sunny seashore candles. I know, a real tongue twister, but that the name of Hannah's scented candle, even though it smells everything but a sunny seashore. I asked how the candle could change scent. Jeremiah the manager mumbled something kind of indiscernible about refunds, but I don't think a refund was possible because I bought this candle for you several years ago and it's too late to return it now. I quizzed Jeremiah with more questions, but he wouldn't tell me anything about the candles changing smells. He wouldn't talk at all. Maybe he didn't have the energy, or maybe there was some secret recipe he didn't want to share, or maybe he was just really old. So instead, I asked him where I could just find the sunny seashore candles in hopes of maybe finding an ingredients list on the packaging. I threw away the label before I gave the scented candle to you, and I suspected that the ingredients were listed on there, and they would be extremely helpful determining just how the whole scent change works. Jeremiah pointed vaguely at one of the aisles, and I followed his guidance the best I could. And so began my quest to find the mysterious scented candle. There were a lot of overwhelming smells from all of the other scented candles that were being lit, and it bothered my senses. There were a lot of nice scents, like honey and fig and amber, but there were a lot of odd scents as well, like hot dog water and standard printer paper and abandoned warehouse from 1974. And by mixing those two types of scents, you get a very strong headache. I spent an hour or so wandering around the shop trying to find that one darn scented candle while inhaling candle fumes and trying not to pass out. Trust me, you wouldn't want to spend 10 minutes in there. I think an hour passed, and then another. I couldn't find a sunny seashore candle, and because I was so tired, I decided to call it a day and leave. But when I turned around and tried to walk back to the entrance, only to find myself at an identical-looking shelf of candles, only to find myself at more shelves, and more shelves, and more shelves... The realization slowly settled. I was horribly lost. I should have realized this before, but the whole place was a maze. The thousands of shelves created walls that boxed you in, and there was virtually no way for you to get back to where you were five minutes ago. Nothing but miles and miles of candles. Colored, uncolored, scented, unscented, cylinder-shaped, animal-shaped, nothing but candles. And as I continued down the path, I met several unfortunate folks who had fallen victim to the maze like me. 
there was a gang of rats playing poker in a corner with a deck of cards someone left behind, and they hissed at me when I asked to be dealt in. Yikes. There was a little British boy with empty eye sockets and a disturbing smile that literally reached his ears, and he was holding a beaten stuffed animal and singing Rockabye Baby in a minor key. I turned right back around and walked in the other direction when I saw his mouth open to reveal dozens of rows of jagged, bloody teeth. And then I met some weird man who was absolutely convinced that he was the Empire State Building. He sang some jolly tune about falling elevators and then proceeded to eat the candles, which was scary to watch. Just so you know, they were all detergent-flavored. It gives me chills just thinking about it. I don't know how long I was in there in that candle shop. I walked around the rows of shelves trying to get a sense of where I was, trying to get back to the entrance. I couldn't climb the shelves and survey the maze from the top because the shelves were so tall that they were only an inch away from touching the ceiling. And I was infuriated to see that none of the millions and millions of candles I passed were the scented candle I was looking for. I felt a mix of anger and despair, which I manifested calmly through a fit of kicking candles off of shelves. Not the lit ones, though, because that would burn the place down and kill us all, and that would be stupid. Eventually, because I couldn't risk getting even more lost, I stayed with the other victims and hung out with them. I was tired and hungry, but the little British boy with no eyes in his sockets kept asking me to play with him, which was so damn annoying. And the Empire State Building guy was dancing and singing in the background, making up terrible lyrics about bridges as he went. Everyone here had lost their mind. I considered eating the poker rats at one point, but in the end, decided that my dignity was far more important but I could have really gone for a nice bowl of macaroni and cheese. My eyes lingered on the cheese-scented candle for way too long, and it took all of my energy to keep myself from eating it. Hours must have went by. Days. I, I wouldn't be surprised if weeks had passed. Nothing but candles and 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 candles. It doesn't even sound like a real word anymore. I was worried that I was actually going to die in that store. Um, I took a short nap, and when I woke up, the poker rats kept peering over at me through their cards, a hungry glint in their eyes. The Empire State Building guy had mysteriously disappeared, and I just knew that the rats had already eaten him. Even the British boy looked afraid of the rats. In this situation, it was eat or be eaten, kill or be killed. And it appeared that sooner or later I was going to have to swallow my pride and eat the rats to survive. It wasn't long before I came to that decision. I took one of the poker rats by the tail, and it hissed at me very aggressively. I closed my eyes and tried to imagine that it was a fried chicken leg, though it was hard, since chicken legs aren't furry and they shouldn't squirm. The second before I could eat it, though, I heard the Empire State Building guy's voice. It sounded really weird, kinda like Mickey Mouse, so it was very recognizable. I was surprised that he hadn't actually been eaten by the rats. I opened my eyes and saw him, his face goofy and his stance awkward, as always. Then I saw what he was holding in his hand. A sunny seashore candle. 
After all this time, I immediately dropped the poker rat. It hissed at me again and bit my ankle, but I was far too glad at the sight of the scented candle to care. I went to ask the Empire State Building guy for the candle, and I would have snatched it from his hands right then and there if he hadn't said, very optimistically, that it was a bomb. The guy, with a manic look in his eyes, explained that he had been experimenting with the chemicals of different candles, and that he had successfully crafted a bomb that would surely get us out of here. All he had to do was light the wick, set it on the ground far away from us, and boom, the bomb would explode the building and set us free. He laughed like a goose and started to hum a deranged tune about window cleaners and observation decks as he lit the candle. And of course I had tons of questions, like how did this brainless building mascot manage to craft a bomb, and was he actually insane? The poker rats and the creepy British boy cheered. I did not. I tried to grab the candle and blow at the flame, or at least catch a glimpse of the ingredients list, but the Empire State Building guy was already up and running, taking the scented candle bomb with him. I wasn't sure if the bomb actually was functional, but I decided I couldn't take the risk. I followed the poker rats and the British boy through the maze, running as far as possible from where the bomb was to be planted. We hid behind one of, the, one of the shelves and braced for impact. The poker rats crossed their tiny fingers and the British boy prayed to some unknown god. Nothing happened for several minutes. Then I heard a loud boom. I felt myself being thrown into the air and all around me candles were flying. So many different shapes and colors. It was like a rainbow. So beautiful. And then it wasn't beautiful when I realized that none of them were sunny seashore candles. Shelves collapsed, blew into bits. The ground shook and the ceiling looked ready to collapse. All of this was caught in a glimpse. All of a sudden, it's just light. Pure light enveloped everything, even me, and for a moment I felt like I was kind of burning. I'm not all that used to pain, because angels do not feel pain and pain is not a pleasant feeling. The nerves of my mortal host screamed as I was launched far away, flying through the air with the shelves and the candles, and then I passed out. When I woke up, I was in the parking lot of Mary Steakhouse slash candle store. My skin felt sort of prickly, but other than that, I felt actually kind of okay. Thank goodness, no broken bones, no blood loss. I wasn't even burned that badly, just a couple ones here and there. Maybe my angelic essence protected my mortal host from burning to a crisp, or maybe it was just luck. But I watched as the remains of Mary Steakhouse went up in flames, the fire crackling and smoke pouring into the night sky. The air was filled with the smell of all of those scented candles, and it mixed with the cold, bitter air of the outdoors, creating both a pleasant and sickening scent. To my left, I saw the creepy British boy clutching his stuffed animal, that stupid grin on his face still persisting. To my right, I saw the poker rats, who had all miraculously managed to survive the explosion, despite their tiny, delicate frames, trying to collect their scattered playing cards. Jeremiah, the manager, was stumbling out of the building, looking unharmed except for a couple of bad burns, parts of his fisherman's coat and tatters. I stared into the fire, 
searched through the smoke and flames, looking for the Empire State Building guy, the man who freed us all. But even after the fire department came and set the fire out, he was nowhere to be seen. He was gone. I said my goodbyes to my comrades and fled from the scene. I didn't want the fire department to spot me and try to take me to a hospital because I did not have the money to afford hospital bills and I could sort of manage fine on my own. I had a pretty good idea how. Now I was tired and hungry and slightly burnt and I was in need of some good rest. And from what I had just experienced, a stiff park bench wasn't going to make a proper place to sleep for the night. So I stayed the night at Gray's dorm, and I slept in his nice cozy bed, while Gray himself slept on the floor with no pillow and no blanket. Yeah, he was kind of angry at me for barging into his room in the middle of the night without explanation, and he did yell at me for some time about how his room wasn't a hotel, and that how animals weren't even allowed in the building, stuff like that. He didn't treat me with much hospitality. And I guess me coming into his room in the middle of the night just to sleep in his cozy bed because I was injured, maybe that's a little bit rude, but let's be honest. My needs are very important, and Gray's just gonna have to suck it up and deal with it like everybody else. Staying the night at Gray's really allowed me to refresh. When I woke up, I felt a thousand times better. And my burn wounds were mostly healed, most likely because of my magical angelical essence or something like that, if that's a thing. Or maybe cats are just better at healing than I thought. I left Gray's dorm room, not bothering to make his bed or clean up the cat hairs, because even though I had just survived an explosion, I was still in the mood to be a little bit of a jerk to him. I told my story to Hannah the next day as we walked to the bus stop. I didn't dare tell Samuel, because he would go around town spreading unwanted gossip to everyone he meets. Hannah was particularly sad about the sacrifice of the Empire State Building guy. Then she asked if I managed to find the secret of the sunny seashore candle. I told her no, unfortunately I did not, and that my trip to the candle store was ultimately in vain. So I guess the changing smells of the scented candle will always remain a mystery. I really do wonder how the candle changes scents. Perhaps there's a special secret chemical, or maybe there's a drug that makes you hallucinate? Or maybe we were just hallucinating to begin with? Maybe we inhaled fumes, or is it just the work of clever manufacturing? Or perhaps is it magic? <sighs> we'll never know. Oh, and we should definitely also take this moment to remember the Empire State Building guy. Mm. Thank you, Empire State Building Guy. I only knew you for a short amount of time, and you seemed a little cuckoo, but you helped us escape Mary's Steakhouse, and I cannot thank you enough. It's thanks to you that I'm here telling my fellow friend Ambrose this story, and not rotting away inside that candle store eating poker rats and cheese-scented candles. Ambrose, although you never knew the Empire State Building guy, I still hope he is in your thoughts and prayers. He's not in my prayers because, well, I'm an angel, and by praying I'm in some sense just talking to myself. And I honestly don't know what else to stay say. Don't go to candle stores, I guess? Don't eat poker rats? 
I just hope you're having a great day and that you aren't trapped in some hellish labyrinth like the one I had just been in. I'll talk to you soon. Sincerely, your friend, Willis. Sleepy Silver Hollow is a production of Crowned Crow's Corner. New episodes are released bi-weekly on Saturdays. For more information, visit our website, crownedcrowscorner.com. Thank you again for enjoying this episode.